0: Welcome to Brighter Stories, the podcast about eliminating poverty and empowering people by giving them the tools they need to build independent lives that they love. I'm your host, Jason Henson. In this series, we'll tackle a variety of topics such as trauma-informed care, outreach, paternalism, and more. We'll also hear testimonies from graduates of the Restoration Program, Victory Mission's long-term discipleship program that transforms lives through a holistic approach. I hope this podcast will challenge and encourage you and will start your own discussions about how you can help your neighbors write a brighter story for their lives. Hopeless, and straight out of prison would describe Chris before victory mission. Now he's a restoration graduate and he's gonna share with you how this dad is helping transform his daughter's life and the rest of his family from hopelessness and addiction in prison to a transformation story too good to believe. Let's engage in his story right now. So, Chris, Chris P., where'd you grow up? What, were your, what was your childhood like? Tell us about life in Marshfield. Marshall. Marshall.
1: All right, so. Oh.
0: Life in Marshall.
1: I was raised in a town called Marshall, Missouri. It's east of 65 Highway, I think, outside of Sedalia, Missouri. Uh, I was raised in a poverty level, you know, like the project. So, uh. I played baseball growing up. I loved school. I loved baseball. Baseball was my my away from everything. I loved baseball, but uh, sooner or later I just started getting in trouble. As a child, I started getting in trouble real young. Uh, it started with like stealing things out of people, the neighbors' yards, bikes, stuff like that. And then as I got older. Uh, I started getting in more trouble. It went from bikes to burglaries, to cars, to, you know, I dealt with a lot of insecurities.
0: Yeah, you know, what kind of insecurities were you?
1: I dealt with a lot of insecurities growing up, like thinking that I wasn't good enough, mm-hmm. thinking that I'll never accomplish anything. Uh well, you know, I was, I, I mean, I was picked on a lot. I felt like I was picked on a lot growing up, you know, uh, by the people that I looked up to, that I thought was friends, that I thought was family, things like that. I I was picked on by them. I used to analyze everything and wonder why. Obviously I still do it now, I always wanna know why, but I always wondered why, and it affected me a lot, so.
0: So, t- so that story, that kind of narrative in your head, you're not good enough, That that keeps playing, but it also like whether or not other people were getting picked on the same, that was telling you I'm different. Yes. I'm getting picked on more. I've got the struggle. And so that just kind of spiraled you down. Like I got to fit in, what are y'all doing? You're breaking in, what are you doing? I got to fit in. And so. That's when the bumpy road started. So
1: when, throughout those insecurities, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna do whatever I have to do to get attention rather. I, I came to the conclusion that negative attention was better than any attention. Like I would place myself around people that I really wasn't comfortable with. But after you do that after so many years and so long of a time, you begin this false comfortability of it. Like I was I was comfortable around them. It's what I gave gave out. That's what it looked like I was comfortable around them. I really wasn't. I was never comfortable around the people that I placed myself around. Uh they ran the streets or sold drugs or used drugs. And that also led me into whatever I had to do to be around these people, that's what I did, you know? So I would continue this lifestyle of burglary, continue the lifestyle of stealing and using drugs and running the streets all night. That, And after a while, I thought that it became a part of who I was, you know? It, I mean, it did. At that time, it became a part of who I was, you know? And later on, as a, an older adult, it became consequences for those, for that life that I chose to live, you know, which landed me in and out of prison for years. Majority of my teenage years, majority of my adult years, I spent a long time in prison because of these insecurities. In reality, I was feeding my insecurities in a negative way, you know? I thought that, you know, all right, if I do this and do that, and then when I went to to prison, I saw something, you know, the initial look of things like, all right, this is prison, I'm scared. That went away quicker than what you would imagine. Wow. And the reason why I went away quicker because after using drugs and being insecure about and feeling not like I wasn't good enough, I, uh, I became angry, angry at all the wrong people that I know now all the wrong people and all the wrong things but at the time i was angry at family members i was angry at friends i was angry at even teachers even coaches from baseball like why would they just let me pitch like i held on that for a while i've showed them that i could pitch why wouldn't they let me pitch just like they in all words hated on me you know so i was like this is unfair i played the victim role you know so and uh I realized in prison that I could be angry. Everyone it, around me was angry.
0: And it was okay. Like they, you saw that yeah. in everybody else. And so there was this anger, discontentment, frustration, and everybody saying, hey, just get mad and get even. Yeah, And that was, the, so you picked up that storyline.
1: It was acceptable in prison. Yeah. In prison, it was acceptable to be angry. It was okay to be angry. It was viewed as tough. It was viewed as, Chris, don't take take no. crap from people, you know? So, yeah. I, I, and then the substantial part of being locked up that affected my life was I listened to everyone's story from St. Louis or Kansas city or from these bigger cities. And I'm like, all right, that's who I gotta be to be accepted around the people that I've been trying to be around. That's what I gotta be. So with, every time I got out, every time I got released, I fed that even more. I started selling drugs and not, I didn't want to just sell drugs. I wanted to, I was shooting for the drug dealer, you know? I was shooting for the tough guy, you know? So, and it just, it was a spiral, a spiral that led me into believing that I was really this person. And I even failed at that.
0: So what, what, when did the moment start to change where you were like, because like what you shared, I think, is really powerful. Is that I don't think people are comfortable in environments that, that we're not supposed to be. I think we all have this internal right and wrong, right? Yes. And so you're not comfortable, but you want to fit in. So you just go with the flow. But everybody else is thinking, I wish somebody would just say something.
1: Yeah.
0: But that's that check. But then that, you stuff that down, and then you run hard like you're sharing, you, you run hard in the wrong direction. When did you start to come back to say, man, there's got there's gotta be a different way. Like, do you remember a time? Was there like a moment when you were like, Chris, you keep doing this, you're dead. Or somebody else is going to come after you because you're going after them. Like what, 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 was there something that you remember that?
1: So, uh, there was in, uh, 2002 maybe, I got into it. I got involved with a a couple people. I got stranded in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, And it was almost life or death. I got accused of robbing somebody for helping somebody out. And uh, they ended up showing showing up at my mom's house. I knew that they would, so I kind of locked myself in the basement uh, to protect my mom's house. I knew that they was gonna come. And uh, one day I walk outside And I see him drive by and it's the first time in my life that my mom told me that she was scared of me Hmm. because uh, I had a firearm and the firearm was to protect my mom's house. I hadn't left that house for over 30 days and not even to go outside because of fear. I knew that I had got myself in too deep. And from that moment on is when I decided I wanted to change. So I decided to, I got in trouble and I went to Job Corps. Uh, At the Job Corps, it was still a struggle. I was already in trouble and on probation, so I ended up going to prison over and over again. But that was another issue of having a problem with authority. You know, I had created this false image of, I'm the tough guy, so I didn't like being told what to do. So at that moment, I knew that something had to change, so I started taking little tidbits of life. You know, I went to job court on my heart. I want to go to the union. I want to get a trade. I get out of job court and end up going backwards again. You know, I developed drug use, an addiction. So I started using drugs and ended up in prison again, you know, so. But the main fact is, I realized that something had to change permanently here at 37 years old
0: so there was this moment where you realized i'm in deep yeah. and you've got you've got a gun and other people have guns but it was it was almost like that relationship with your mom
1: Yeah.
0: in some ways that were it was almost like that disappointment or realizing whoa hold on i i i'm actually putting people i love in danger now yeah so, but it, did, it didn't just take once. It's like this process. Hey, yeah. I see an opportunity, take it a little bit, but go back. See another opportunity, take it a little bit, but then go back. So it's, a, it's kind of that up and down. And then when did you first hear about Victory Mission?
1: It's a funny story because I heard about victory. I never, I never actually, I got in trouble in, uh, when I was incarcerated. And uh, I was in the hole and my release date was coming up. So I filled out application. I filled out application, got denied fill the application, I get denied. All these places denied me. And I mean, I got a list of them. I still have all the letters where they say no. So I filled out one and uh, it said, right, why should we accept you at the place, you know? So I fill it out, maybe 30, 60 days later, I get a a letter from my IPO saying, you've been accepted in Victory Mission. In Victory Mission, yes. so, I, don't, I can't remember if I did a phone call. I, I'm pretty sure I didn't. That's what's in, you know, because I know now that that's not what usually happens. So I'm like, when, when, when I was told this is when I started like, all right, then if this isn't what happened, then I'm supposed to be here. You know, and I literally didn't want to come. I was angry when I got to Victory Mission. I did not want to be in Springfield, Missouri. It's three hours away from my daughter, three hours away from my family. I, all the negatives started processing. I don't have a license. I don't have a car. I'm restarting my life at 37 years old. I have no way as a free man, or well, what I thought was free at the time, as a physical free man from the institution to get back to my family, you know? So I was mad for the majority of so Detox
0: for so what, a good what, four weeks. What grew in that? What, like, changed? Do you remember a time when you when – because, you, like, that's got to be broken off or you can't move forward because you'll always be bitter. You'll always be mad at somebody. So when did you think even in the program when that's going on, when did, when did you feel like there, there was a release from that?
1: So uh, when I first got there, they have, we have our assignments that we do on Soul Detox that you have to do. I rushed through them. I'm gonna get him out the way. Two weeks go by, ain't got nothing to do, ain't got nothing to do. I've always been one to learn. I like knowledge. So uh I, I start redoing everything, redoing all the assignments. And I got I don't know what I got out of it. I, I got something out of it. And I'd have to say the most vivid picture that I remember that made me go in deep at Victory Mission was when I I think it was Charlie. Charlie told me, You gotta give control to God. Like, you're not for replace our wants. He said something like, Becoming the man that deserves the life that you dreamed of. And that stuck out to me.
0: Becoming the man
1: that deserves the life that you dreamed.
0: Of. Wow.
1: And to this day, that's deep to me. It's a process, and it takes work and effort. The things that I always, what I wanted to become, I never was doing the things to deserve those things, what and I you, wanted.
0: You thought you deserved them, but you weren't willing to do anything to actually earn them. Yes. And so when people didn't get them or you saw somebody else getting them, you'd get angry, bitter, yep. and you try to go take it rather than walking out the earn it process. Yep. And so victory taught you the way to, to earn it.
1: Yeah. And... It's not on my time. Victory taught me that it's not on my time, that everything's gonna be okay, as long as you put faith in, in it, I like I ask people that I mentor, like, do you believe that you're here for a reason? Then what's the reason? Then always remember that reason, even when you disagree, because I disagreed with a lot. I disagreed with the rules, I disagreed with, I wanted a reason to leave. And I remember the day I got off Soul Detox, and I worried about my daughter not talking to her, even though I was out of, out of, out of incarceration. It was like I never did not talk to her. It's like I just talked to her the day before after six weeks of not talking to her. I called her and it was like I just talked to her the night before. It was the most amazing feeling ever. My biggest fear was her forgetting me. never. Now it was like I, it's literally it's like she just heard my voice. I'm like, all right, all right. And then right after that, uh, I started uh, learning something from boundaries class, learning things from all these classes, and it started sticking with me. I always had a fear of not being able to retain the knowledge. It's there. Yeah. It's just not at my time.
0: Tell tell me about this. What you said. I wanted a reason to leave because I th- I think what's funny is we were just having this conversation because somebody that had been with us just left, and that person says one thing to the other program participant. oh, hey, I'm not walking out what they're doing. They're giving me too high of a bar. But then everybody else, uh, but then I know the truth is, they didn't even know what was coming. You know? And it's like it's like that person leaving has to save face because it's, like, it's not my fault that I'm leaving. It's yeah. someone else's fault. They're still, like you were sharing, they're still believing that victimhood.
1: Yeah. So,
0: what would you tell somebody like that? That's looking for like when you mentor the guys in phase one, what do you tell them about that reason to leave?
1: This is what I tell them: that when we get a blessing, we know how we know how to say we know how to receive a blessing. We know how to receive the things that we want. We know how to receive a, a gift, but do we know how to receive a no? Do you know how to receive? when God, when someone, when God says no, you know, and I felt like that's what God was telling me. God was telling me no, stay put. I wanted to leave. Any, any, all I wanted was a reason for it not to be my fault though. I didn't want to look like a quitter. I just wanted, it didn't matter what it was. I wanted someone to talk crazy or to do something, that old tough man mentality. And one morning I woke up and it was gone. I heard Noah Husky. I, I watched Noah Husky for a long time in Soul Detox. Like, is this dude? I thought that he was just like not authentic at first. And then the girl, you start seeing it like, this dude is real. Yeah. Like, it's a true story. You know, you I start analyzing people before I become vulnerable, you know, so and everything's real in Victory Mission. People take the time and the effort to pour into each and every... They took time and effort to notice things in myself that I wouldn't notice. And I've lived with myself for 37 years. So, I mean, it speaks for itself.
0: And that, Chris, you're very insightful in seeing those things. And even just... Even like, I think that's cool that you are watching other people and really their lives rubbed off on your life. Because you're like you were willing to like investigate and be like, okay, look, I wanna see this. I'm gonna watch you for a few weeks before I'm willing to be vulnerable. Because you, you weren't ready to accept all that like out of the gate. Right. And then remind me if this is right. You never became an RS, right? No. But you were asked to be.
1: Yes. Multiple
0: times. What, what was your decision there to not kind of move into that peer leadership role? You know,
1: so uh, like you said, I I'll pay attention and I wanted to have a relationship with the guys where they could trust me to hold them accountable, but hold them accountable to that extent without the title. You know, the RS title puts fear in it and people that are stuck in that broken, uh, convict mentality, all those guys in phase one and so detox, they're still stuck in that convict. It creates them to hold back, you know, for a period of time. They just need someone that they can trust. Like, I don't know if I, can I give an example? Sure. So an example was Mike Pettit. Mm -hmm. I was fresh on so detox, I didn't know how to do it. I did hold him accountable, told him that he was being crazy, sneaking out of windows and doing all that craziness, but I didn't know the next step to go to leadership. At that given time when Charlie told me that, I realized that I needed to step back and look at myself. And that was after the fact of being held as to be an RS. So I, I feel like I wasn't ready for what it took to have that title, but at the same time I was ready to be a leader. You know, so I just wanted to gain trust from the guys yeah. to, to know that, to walk it out with them as a brother, as a leader, and as committed to them you know
0: i think i wonder if that has to do with like your your sports teams and stuff like you you lead from the bench as much as you can lead from the field you know yeah absolutely And some of those things like you know but like i want i want you to pick me not because i'm doing the right thing but because I, you know i'm i'm like the best yeah i i just think there's some power there
1: well you're part power of the team if if you yeah. go if you go to a football if you play for a football team and you show up to every game and sit on the bench and cheer your team on with a positive attitude, after after, yeah, after yeah, a while you might go through a season of them saying, that dude never plays, that dude never plays. He ain't even part of the team. You might go through that, se- that season, but when you endure that season and you continue to show up and you continue to cheer on the same people that did that to you, sooner or later, you're their inspiration. When you're not on that bench cheering them on, they're gonna see you missing. Mm-hmm. Do You know what I mean? Yeah. They the same way they see you there, they're gonna see you not there, you know, cheering them on. So that's the aspect. The numbers on the jersey match just as much as the person wearing it. Yeah. You know, so that's you
0: know. That's really that's really cool. So talk to me about, uh, you know, your relationship with Christ and how that had that kind of has shifted. I mean, cause you're, I mean, two thousand two, you know, that's twenty years ago. And it's taken all those 20 years of kind of some ups and downs. Did you feel like he was with you in that process? Do you remember looking back on those? Do you remember childhood? Or
1: As I look back now, God was definitely there with me this whole walk. Then, if you'd asked me that two years ago, I'd have told you that God abandoned me, that I believe that there is a God, that I pray to a God when I'm, when things ain't going my way, when I need him. Because that's what I was taught—that God is, pr- you know, pray, look to God. Every time I got in trouble, I pick up a Bible, you know. So, but those,
0: those like foxhole prayers. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting arrested. Oh God, yeah. if you help me. Yeah. You know, uh, this one
1: yeah. last time, you know, help me. Hey, I won't never do it again. And then doing it again, you know. But I never had a relationship with God. I learned that at Victory Mission, like. A relationship with God I never had that I believe it was a God I believed in the Bible I believed that he died on the cross but I didn't believe in having I never even knew what having a relationship with God meant you know I never dug that deep into the word relationship to figure that out you know to ever figure out what that even looked like so I mean now my relationship with God He's my strong, he's where everything comes from. When I'm having a bad moment, I don't just pray, I dig and I search for scripture to read and repetitively read that scripture to bring me back up, to put the life back in me that for split second, the enemy's trying to weasel himself in and take advantage of it, you know? Cause that's what the enemy does, he tells us lies. That's, that's all he can do if we don't believe, for so long, I believed a lie. The insecurity started with believing a lie. The criminal mentality started with believing a lie. Prison prison don't worry me. I can do prison. I don't care about going to prison. That's a lie because in my heart, in my in my mind, I wanted a successful life. I wanted a savings account. I wanted rent, I wanted a job. I wanted all these things. but the enemy said, "Oh, you can you ain't never going to get it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Not like that." You know so that's what I went he the enemy took hope for me wow you know Jesus gives hope back uh, Jesus is my hope Jesus is my strength he's my hope when I see when I when I think of God I think of joy when I listen to the gossip or worship music or someone preach I get joy it's it's joyful that's I look, so rich. it's joyful and it it's, it's, it's changed my life dramatically I, I mean I got a license. Like from the things, the blessings that I've had in the last year, some people think that that's crazy, but I really gave up on that. I'm just, you know, I'm driving without lights for the rest of my life. I literally gave up on it.
0: But you did it the right way. Yeah. And it took longer than we, than we expected. Yeah. But, you know, every, everything takes time. To do it right, it takes time. I
1: don't even know how it happened. To be honest, when I got out, I knew that I completed SATOP when I was incarcerated. It took a whole lot of phone calls to get the paperwork. It took I don't couldn't tell you how the I saved the money to pay for the SATOP. I couldn't go back and tell you to tell that story. I couldn't I couldn't tell you. I just know that God made a way. And I'm a legal driver and it it's amazing. Uh I pray with my daughter. Like, those are blessings.
0: Yeah, let's talk about those relationships because, you know, our five core areas spiritual, personal, relational, fo- vocational, and financial. But, like, tell me about relationships. What were your relationships like? Obviously, uh, don't have a good relationship with your mom if yeah. people are trying to come burglarize her house, <laughs> you know? Probably not good on the <laughs> relation from there. But it's cool what you just said. You know, you you pray with your daughter. You know, on is it FaceTime or something like that yeah. or Messenger. Yeah. So tell tell us about your relationship with your daughter, with your parents, with how's the that? The relationship
1: with my mom has grown over the year. Me and my mom never had a good, solid relationship. Like I said, I was in and out of trouble. My mom, I believe, we and my mom really don't talk about that much. But like I say, I pay attention. I believe that my mom viewed that she treat that she raised me better than that. And she did she raised me smart enough with morals and values to not choose the route, the path that I chose. And, uh, it can be devastating for a parent to have to witness those things along with embarrassment to her coworkers, seeing her son out on the corner, selling drugs every night, you know? So, uh,
0: but y'all talk now we talk
1: every um, weekend. We talk, uh, my mom tells me personal things in her life which is awesome
0: that you can never, now kind of guide and and yeah be an encouragement to her we still have our disagreements that's sure. just
1: both of us being alike you know so that's what uh the relationship with my daughter we've always had a good relationship but my da- the the godly relationship that we have now is amazing when she's going, when she's having a bad day, she'll call at night when we talk at night and say, "Daddy, can we pray?" Mm. Yeah, we can. Yeah. And from the moment she started praying to now, her prayers are different. They're completely different. You'd think a grown adult was praying. Mm. That's how it's it's so remarkable. She prays better than I do. You know, let so, the
0: children lead us, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: she knows. She feel like she's. Almost got that type of relationship with God now. So That's cool, it's It's nice. Me and my sister talk, you know, my cousins reach out the same people that I thought didn't care. They've opened up, you know, and told me things that a year ago I would have been like, I sure wish you'd have told me that and been mad at them for telling it to me now yeah. rather than saying thank you and taking that blessing of communication finally with my family. Mm. I, I still struggle with reaching out to my father, my biological father, you know? And that's hard. I don't know what to mm. say sometimes with that. So that's a hard topic, the relationship with my father. But I, I think about it daily. I think about the paper and the pen and why ain't I wrote him yet, you know? because I do forgive him. I do. I I do forgive him. And if he gets out, I do want a relationship with him, if that's what he wants. And if he can set me as a man of God, you know, I want a relationship with him.
0: Wow, You know, that's a big step. Because it is. There's a there can be a lot of pain that the father son relationship is either amazing, or it's not. I don't think there's ever a lot of in betweens. It seems like.
1: And I don't remember ever meeting them. I know yeah. I have, but I, I was so young. I don't. It's it's not a memory. I don't remember. Wow. You know, for a while I held him accountable. Every time I went to prison, I'm just, All I hear is you just like your father. Wow. It's all I hear in my head every time I went to. You know, that created anger. On top of the anger that was already there. At any given time, I probably could have thought about that and just.
0: Chris, when you think about all that stuff, like I'm just kind of hearing all this in those relationships, you can't have quality relationships if you're always angry at yourself, yeah. right? I mean, you just you were shoving everybody away, you're pushing everybody away, and then you're blaming them for being away. But really, you're just like, like, what does it feel like now to have a lot of that gone? Like, to be able to call your mom, you know, and to joke on the phone, or maybe just, well, both of y'all are stubborn, like you're saying, or something. Well, like, what does it feel like now? Like, when you look back at that, and you are now, like, that's like a, that's transformation, man. thats You're not even the same person.
1: I think the most amazing thing, like, me and my mom just got into a little argument on the phone, and, uh the most remarkable thing when I got off the phone is I, I remembered why I called her. I used to not be able to do that, I and mean, that's with everybody. If someone does something that offends me, I remember why I started the conversation with them, not why I don't want to have the conversation with them. You know, so it's remarkable now how pay, how God has placed patience on me, has placed mm-hmm. kindness and humbleness on me, and I'm not ashamed of it. Yeah. You know, I don't feel like um less than or someone's taking advantage of me all the time. There are set, like I said, there's setbacks sometimes, but I don't feel that way. It's just a small moment because I fear that the enemy, I I know that I can't defeat the enemy. Mm -hmm. So I know that if I dwell too long in it, then he's getting closer and closer to me. And uh, that's not what I want. I never want to go back to who I was. Just the spirit of joy in me is exciting. Being able to wake up and make someone else smile—that's
0: cool.
1: Make someone else smile with the truth.
0: So let's talk about your job, where you're having a lot of success. There's a big okay. smile on your face with <laughs> with the job. So you worked at Victory Mission with the internship program, learned yeah. a lot about warehouses yeah. and drove on, you know, on bus routes picking up donations Got and stuff certified like on that. The forklift. Yeah, and you did the forklift. Yeah, all those things on the forklift and workforce development so but then you got an opportunity to interview for a job but you needed your license for because you had to get down there like all these things were coming to head right at this job you interview for that job Let, talk us through the interview process and just that opportunity and man i hear there's amazing things so tell us about so that.
1: it's crazy i did jobs for life through victory mission and when i first saw the jobs for life i'm like I've had a lot of jobs, but I ain't never had to answer none of these questions that y'all are asking. So uh
0: like in the interviews. Yeah, yeah like okay. the five
1: second the the uh five minute uh or the five second uh commercial that you have to do and yeah. all that. I'm like
0: Yeah, the sixty second 60 commercial
1: second commercial. Yeah. I'm like, this is real. When you actually see it, it's actually an opportunity that you I mean, I'm thirty seven, I never knew that this was real. Like it it's real, like the 62nd, you know, it, the commercial is, is real because we're well, not commercial, but
0: elevator speech, elevator speech yeah. is
1: real because you actually get an opportunity to show where you come from, where you're going and what you hope to gain. Yeah. So when I went from victory mission, victory mission, I learned how to interact and lead because the volunteers come there. You learn how to interact and lead with different types of people. It's, never, it's not always the same individuals coming there. And obviously I learned how to, you know, be certified on a forklift and do certain job traits there. But when I got offered the job at Shake This, I was a little nervous, you know? It didn't, but I was nervous, but it also went with my goal as to work in a warehouse, you know? So.
0: And that goes back to the vision board.
1: The vision board,
0: right? Well, phase one, you guys all work on this vision board. You I have love these the goals, board. and so now all those things you put on your vision board—getting your license back, being a great dad, going through good dads, right—all these different things that you're checking boxes. You're, you're, you've got a plan, and, and that that job that shake this, yes, you know, that's a big deal.
1: I like shake this. Uh, uh, Not only do I get to work with good people, uh, I get to work and learn stuff like about the stuff that we do, like coffee and protein and weight supplements and all this stuff. And I'm in school for uh, business marketing. So it's good to hear the owner. Actually, he's open about his business and talks to us about it and how he got where he's at. Which is amazing because so later I want to do something like that, but in a different aspect of business, you know. So, I mean, I enjoy the opportunity. I love my job. I love working with the people. I love that the opportunity came. And I plan on staying there. So we move in. Uh, I think we move in May to Ozark. You got a new warehouse built, which is bigger, which is nice. So, wow. I mean, it's a great opportunity.
0: And I hear good things. I do about... miss the
1: warehouse though.
0: You miss the Victory warehouse.
1: I miss Mike Nash, that's my yeah. buddy.
0: Yeah. I miss
1: the people, I miss yes. the, the good Christian smiles. And... Yeah.
0: But, you gotta move on to big things. Uh, you gotta break out of the nest. <laughs> Yeah. Let, the, let those wings soar, yeah. man. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. So, what about your financial position? Are you, when you used to have money, what happened to it? And what, what's the Chris Pollard now? What has he got in the I'm, bank?
1: I'm a cheapskate. Oh, you are? <laughs> I am. I'm, I'm very cheap. Uh, I like to budget every week. I budget, like, I, the budget thing is new. So, but it's addicting. And, and I just learned through at my church that that can be a vice too. Hmm. Seeing, you know, holding on to money. So I'm learning that too at this exact moment. So, <laughs> wow. But it's it's nice to be able to not let money burn a hole in your pocket, you know, and be able to actually save and set those financial goals and put, like I say, put the work in to get there, you know? Because it feels real good, you know, to actually be able to structure yourself and do do the necessary steps to get financially where you wanna be, you know?
0: So when we, when we kind of think about expectations, right? You came to Victory Mission, May or may not have had a phone interview, which is kind of a miracle in and of itself. So you get yeah. here. I mean, you were skeptical, you know, and you spent like you're saying, you just got your work, school work done. Has it, has the program ac- exceeded or met your expectations, or wh- what do you think about it? just looking back at this year? Like, what can you believe? What's happened in your life, and
1: it's crazy because at first. I was so skeptical. I was always trying to find the fracture in Victory Mission. Always. For so long. And then I'm like, you know what? I give up. Because it, I gave up because I knew that I wasn't leaving. Yeah. I knew that I had already made my mind up. I'm staying right here. I'm doing it. Because what they offered, I want it. Like Mark McNally said, we're not giving a seasonal change. We're changing you gentlemen for life, teaching you things that, and like, I, like I tell everyone the most valuable thing that I will hold on to for the rest of my life is soul detox. There's never going to be another soul detox. I don't know if, if everyone else sees it, but you're never going to get that opportunity again, unless you're in victory mission. Without Victory Mission, that opportunity does not exist. It's a structure and a program that will never, it's, it can be mocked or shadowed through other things, but I've never seen it in my life. Six weeks. People do it all over. Sober living programs do it for 30 days, no work, and depending on them for everything. It's not so Detox, though. So Detox, you get time to go back. You're not... You never buried the old you, so you're talking to the old you from a new you. You're literally, it's like writing a letter to yourself is what So Detox is. You're literally talking to who you're leaving behind, but you gotta find the reasons why, and that's what So Detox does. Wow. You're not gonna get a six weeks vacation without consequences of financial debt or behind on bills. You're not gonna, it's just not gonna happen. You're not gonna get six weeks of silence, six weeks to think about you, six weeks to put God first, six weeks to utilize, to put something in control. With, you get six weeks to learn to to worry about you, to figure out where you went wrong and gaining tools to, to the combat those moments when you feel like going back to you, when you feel like going back to that grave and digging up the you, Victory Mission's giving you tools to combat that. Yeah. Scripture, to combat that. Life life skills, to combat that. When you're in a relationship and it's not going your way and you feel uh, insecure about it or thing, just things are not going your way with a friendship, a family member, uh, intimate relationship, your significant other, your spouse. Victory missions is giving you life skills to to combat it through boundaries class. Pastor Dave does an excellent job with boundaries class. Mm-hmm. Excellent job, Mark Minnelli from from the beginning to end uh, that he does. Man, the cycle of deceit. Never knew anything about it. Yeah. You, if I, if you were to ask me to unpack the word deception, it wouldn't have been nothing like that. It would have been a short little sentence, just like that. Now, I like, I, it's real. Like it's really deception. We've been de- deceived for so long that we believe it. Yeah. And we're, we're we're just bounded and held down by it. And through so detox, you able to figure that out. Yeah. Like, that's the most I tell every the phase one guys that I mentor that that is exactly what you need to be focusing on is soul detox. Because once you get in phase three, you're gonna hope for that. Sometimes you're gonna wish to go back to that quiet time and not busy schedule and time to focus. You get six weeks to do that. Then you get you gotta put it to use.
0: Man, I could hear your passion in that and like how meaningful that was for you. Cause that, that was really the crux, yeah. right? All this stuff comes in the six-week head, and you're looking for a reason to leave. You stay, you do the right thing, and then eventually you're like, "Look, I, I think this is for real." And yeah. I I love how you shared all that stuff, man. Thank you so much mm-hmm. for that, because that's that's powerful. And people people don't get that opportunity, yeah. you know. And really, you got that opportunity because somebody decided that you were worth it. Yeah, you know, that invested here and said. There's a Chris Pollard coming and he's gotta be a better dad. He's gotta be a better son. And he's gotta forgive people that he was angry at. So they give you the that opportunity, It's cool. So tell me why you'd recommend Victory.
1: I would recommend Victory Mission to everyone that is broken or going through a season of lack of hope because Victory Mission is a group of people that takes time to pour into you and it's not authority, it's leadership. I tell them guys that all the time, it's leadership. Victory mission is guiding people to redemption, to restoring their lives for, forever. Restoring to the, giving them tools to restore their life forever. I mean, giving us purpose get, and making us see that purpose and going after that purpose and not giving up on ourselves.
0: That's amazing, Chris. I love how you put all that because it's really those tools. Like you've got tools for your toolbox because life will be hard. You know, you, you may lose your job. You may have a struggle like you're sharing. All your relationships may have little blips. And if you get defensive and angry, you'll have bigger blips. But if you're humble and you go back to those tools and the things that you've learned, then you'll walk through it. And uh, you did this. I mean, we were with you. But Chris Pollard did this. You've made the difference. You've walked I'm it I'm
1: big out. on the tools because uh, I recently wrote a thing down and it says, I wrote it down and I'll put it like this. It says, you don't realize the damage till it's done, but with damage, there's repair. And when you got to repair something, it's about what tools you use to repair, you know? and." Victory Mission gave us the proper, like literally the proper tools to repair a life. They are giving the tools to repair a life. You can't just go anywhere to get those tools. You can use a hammer for nails. They got certain tools for certain things. Victory Mission is one place that's giving you the proper tools to repair your life, a broken life. One of the hardest jobs to be done that's like one of the hardest jobs and they got the tools for it. So if you don't, I mean, if you care and you really want change and a purpose for your life, then I would definitely come here and stay at Victory I,
0: Mission. I think I'm going to work at Victory Mission. When I <laughs> <laughs> that was cool though, man, yeah. I love that. The damage, when the damage has happened, the place where you get the tools to rebuild that life. Yeah. And we we just are like oh you need a wrench here's your wrench yep. and, but you got to put you got to put the car back together you got to build the house yep. you gotta you gotta lay the foundation and I really appreciate you sitting down and sharing your story and and I appreciate you staying and being faithful and oh, not yeah. giving up. It's I cool. ain't giving up. Thanks for listening to the Brighter Stories podcast. Did you enjoy this episode? Were you inspired by the story? Leave us a review. Let us know what you think. We put out a new episode every first and third Friday of the month. So be sure to subscribe so you won't miss any of this great content. And you can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Victory Mission. Until next time, I'm your host, Jason Henson. Thanks for tuning in.